0: I heard a good. There's Georgiana. I am grateful to be here with you today. I really love you guys. I don't want to get sentimental real quick, but uh, I just really love being on the teaching team, um, to see the people that are on the team and to know um, them behind the scenes and to know that you trust them and then to have... um, people who can lead worship and just lead you straight to Jesus. Um, that's what it's about, right? And uh, yeah, I am just really grateful um, for you guys. Every time, that, um, every time I speak, I'd like to kind of give you the vulnerable part of this because I think sometimes on Sunday when we come together, um, some of us might not know what's going on, but life is happening, Correct. So I don't want to always exclude that. I want you to know that you have brought your life here today. And whatever you have brought, um, we'd like to just bring that to to intention behind that. So I don't know if it's been chaotic, if it's been a good week, if it's been a long week. Um, It's always interesting for me when I'm speaking on a a day that my husband is working at at the hospital at the day shift. He's an ICU nurse and... So that leaves me with the two kids, um, and to prep for a sermon, and to get them in the car. To get them in the car would be enough of a of a hard enough of the chaos for me, really. Um, but I just want you to know, from Joel, um, you know, because of his shift work, he can only be here, but he counts this as his home too. So we're just really grateful to be here with you guys. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> I no, but I really do appreciate it. You guys just let me. Uh, allow me to be me. And I really do believe that's why um, you guys just really let the Holy Spirit move. And I I pray today that maybe we could be relentless in letting him move. Um, So I don't know why you're here. Maybe, you know, it's for the coffee. Maybe it's to see a friend or um, whatever that is. Um, But I'm a little overwhelmed, if I can be honest, Um, As a speaker previously where I went to conferences and as a coach, there are so many times in the Word of God um, when other people are preaching or when I'm reading the Scripture, all that, it always comes back to, oh, it's because God made us that way. It's because of who He is. Um, And that's a lot of pressure because I'm preaching on creation, So something that it always comes back to, this could literally be, we could just spend a year on creation. Like I could spend a year on creation with you, talking about masculinity and femininity and how God made us in his image and creation, how creation works. And so I just kept this week being overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overwhelmed and overwhelmed. And every time I tried to put words to it, I felt just a lack of power um, because he is the power, <laughs> so I'm just going to pray real quick. Uh, if you would pray with me, um, that this one just be—I I don't want this to be a talk, but I'd like us to to leave here with something, maybe um, that God would would ask of us, um, and that we could just be really relentless in letting him him talk to us today. Sound good? So pray with me, if you would. Lord, you are good and you are powerful. Father, everything we're going to talk about today, we have heard, um, almost heard so much Father that it can become mundane, it can become ordinary Father for us, but um, we need you to to show up today, we need you to to be the word that you talk about and Father, we weren't there when you laid the foundations of the earth, but I pray Father that the power of that you have done with creation, Father, that you would help us to even wrap our minds around that just even a little bit, because even a little bit, Father, will cause us to change our life. So, Father, would you be with us now? May your Holy Spirit, Father, cut straight to our hearts. Whatever I'm saying, Father, I pray um, that you would just interpret whatever I'm saying, Lord, to whatever their hearts need to hear. And, Father, would you fill us with action? Would you fill us with your love? And at the end of the day, would we just use this time as just really... Um, worshiping you because you truly are amazing. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right. <clears throat> this uh, really keeps coffee hot, so it still just burned my tongue, and it's been in there for an hour. If you like a coffee mug, anybody, <laughs> find this one. All right. Genesis 1. If you have your Bibles, open to Genesis 1. It's true, right? We have heard this all the time that God created Heavens and the earth, right? Uh, let there be light. We probably, I probably say that too much when I'm turning the light on for my kids, right? It's just an easy thing to say, "Let there be light," because we've heard it over and over again. God created you. He created the animals, the nature, and everything around it. But I'm asking you to, to kind of be a, a kid today. Um, Willow paints on rocks, and I just really, I, I that's what struck me. As I was just reading and trying to go over Scripture in my mind, I always had this rock in front of me um, at the window at my, where I do my dishes, and it's got this beautiful coloring from willow <laughs> on a rock, and it just that God just kept bringing it to me, of the curiosity of a child, you know? Of we, we have so much information out there today, um, but as we're reading Genesis 1, especially today, I would like for you to just be a kid and try to wrap your mind around it. Your mind won't wrap around it, but you need to still try with me, okay? Try to picture this as we go, and then, and then we'll, um, we're gonna dive in. Um, and we don't have that much time, so I'm just hitting the surface of all these things and praying that you will seek more. If something kind of gets you an idea, um, let me know or, or um, look into it more. So, Genesis 1, I'm reading from the NLT. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heaven. God called the space sky. And evening passed and morning came, making marking the second day. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together in one place so dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. God called the dry ground land and the water seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing fruit, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And this is what happened. The land produced vegetation. Vegetation. All sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. So indicators, if you will. Let these lights of the sky shine over the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth, to govern the day and night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Then God said, let the water swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water and every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was? Then God blessed them saying, be fruitful, multiply, let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. And evening passed and morning came, making the fifth day. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal. This is why I wanted to bring my dog. Just an excuse to bring my dog, but I didn't. Each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was? Then God said, let us, let me... Repeat that again, because it's a beautiful part. I love this part. Let us, the Trinity said this, make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed bearing plant throughout the earth, and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, and the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very an evening passed and morning came marking the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work, and God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. Cool, eh? So do you understand why it's mundane and ordinary to hear this? Can we all admit to that? Yes? Interaction? Do you see that when we walk out, we can see the trees, we can see the rocks. St. John has the ocean, which is pretty cool. We can go along and becomes part of our everyday. It's the visible part of our everyday life. And so sometimes we can forget the power of it. But actually when we look at creation, what we see is actually his power. It points to that he not only has an eternal power but that there's a divinity there, right? I'm going to make sure I get this right. When he spoke light, it became, okay? So at light, light speed is what? 670,616,629 meters per hour. That is, you can go around the earth in 7.5 times, sorry. You can go around the earth 7.5 times in one second. So when... When God said, let there be light, light shot out of his mouth like that, that quick. That's powerful stuff right there. That's a powerful God. So when we look at light, even though it's just something that has been provided for us, it actually, we need to remember, it's been created for us by this human uh, sorry, by this God that has created so much around us to provide for us as human beings. And when people provide for you, sometimes you just forget because if things just happen and you don't have to be part of it, right? We kind of forget. It's like, it's like a mom, right? Will has no idea what I do for her, right? No idea. But now, as an adult, I have super big appreciation for my mom, She's back there in the green coat, if everyone's wondering. And I love her a lot, because she provided a lot for me, right? So it becomes mundane, but actually there's, there's power and divinity. Now, I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to get all crazy on me. If you're going to get crazy, you can talk to Andrew, because he's the pastor. <coughs> but here's the thing. I'm going to use the word energy, and I'm, I'm going to get a little angry, because other cultures and other religions use energy. And they make it to be this guruy thing, but actually it belongs, it belongs to God, okay? So when God spoke things into, there was no pre-existing matter. Do you understand that? So it's not like he was like, hmm, okay, let's conjure up these things and like, let's make light and a tree and all these things. He was the matter, Okay, so I'm going to, my husband isn't here, but just to make sure he doesn't uh, hear the sermon afterwards, and I'm going to get this right, so I'm going to read it. A uranium atom, okay, occupies little weight and little space, but immense power. We're just talking about science here, okay? Don't worry, science is catching up with the Bible. It's not the other way around, okay? So atoms have energy. That's how we were made, okay? But God was that first and foremost energy, Okay, there was no pre-existing matter. He just was. That's why he's the Alpha and Omega. That's why he is the great I Am. He encompasses everything. He is what sustains everything, including himself. Right? So everything I'm just saying, it just points back to woe. So it's okay if you want to say woe every once in a while. Now, we were made in his image, so get this, we have the ability to create, but at a small measure. So he is what sustains all things. He is the one that creates. But because we were made in his image, we have, we have thoughts, we have ideas, we have feelings, we have a will, we have a soul, all these things. And we can actually create from them. But, but what, what, can that, what does that mean and, and what can that look like? So, basically, what I am saying is this. For us, we have an invisible God, right? And so we have things like he spoke tree. I'm just going to use <clears throat> tree for an example. <clears throat> I can make a funny joke because my, kid is, my kids are willow and forest, and I'm going to talk about a tree. Obsessed a little, right? Bad joke. we will do it again. Okay, so if you, if you think about how he spoke, tree. it was invisible to visible. That's exactly, everything happened in creation that way, correct? It was invisible, and then he moved it to visible. So now we're looking at creation now, which is all visible things, and what it is is pointing back to the invisible, that God is saying, don't you forget about the invisible. There's, there's the invisible side that moves everything. So yes, we have a brain, we have bodies, and you're here, and I can see you, and this is visible, But everything we do is out of the invisible, okay? You you have to hear this, and you have to believe it. This is exactly how it created in the beginning, okay? So, for example, okay, I'm going to get a little scientific on you again. As you think, you choose. And as you choose, you cause genetic expression to happen in your visible brain, okay? Okay? As you think, you choose. And as you choose, you actually cause genetic expression to happen in your brain. This means you make proteins. And proteins form your thoughts. So do you know what I'm saying? I'll really simplify it. What I'm saying is your thoughts, whatever you think, actually become part of your physical body. Okay? We get that. But do you understand the connection and how deep it is? It's all right, it's my baby. (laughs) Do you understand the connection there? We can can kind of be overwhelmed with a lot of things. And we can blame, we can blame things, control things, and and the chaos and situations and and all that. But God actually has, has given us matter to control. Because we are made in his image. Our mind controls our body. Listen, this is highly debatable. And it's going to actually make a difference in how you deal with the culture. Because culture right now is leading. The church isn't leading in this. And actually, it's going to change everything. Because if you can change, you can change your thoughts, you, you can determine who you are. You can determine who you are. So your heart, your soul, your mind, all those things, it usually doesn't come up until your deathbed, correct? We hate bringing up the deathbed, but that's because real reflection happens of what actually matters. And a lot of times it's, whoa, at the end it's like, what's my purpose? And why was I here? And and did I fulfill that purpose? And and what's going to happen next? And all these things. And we get confused because our brain and our body and our actions is what other people see most of the time, and it's actually how we base our life a lot of the time. And our culture, again, really sets it for us, so we have to be careful. We have a problem um, because I, I really love it, actually, that my, that my husband is um, a nurse because he's listening to all these about the visible body. He's listening to all the things about the body. And so we're listening to all these podcasts, and I get super excited because all these things, um, these are unbelievers who are like, yeah, we have a problem with loneliness, and and this is what the research finds, is all these things, and the research basically points back to this. And th- like it's, they're like, wow, isn't this mind-boggling? Like, loneliness, but it says that it's about being in a tribe, and and... You know, depression and anxiety, but, you know, research says that, like, when people can choose, you know, and, and uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf has worked with many people that have overcome odds of even their biology, of, of people saying, you're going to die or you're only going to last this long. And she has seen how God has let people use their mind and their choice and their attitude and has chosen to walk in that and been able to overcome odds. You know, don't hear what I'm saying okay? And th- there's a balance of this. I am asking you to, to think bigger of your life, to, to ask how could, you, how could you live with the creator God in your life so you would ask for more, and, and not in a selfish way, but that your life would look different. But I also understand very clearly that life, because of sin and that's not my part so I'm not going to get on that. But there is chaos. And life does hurt. And it's not that these things are going to be fixed, but in spite of. You have to hear that. It's in spite of. Okay? So you you can actually you can choose. So how do we take care of the invisible? How do we take care of the invisible? Whatever you believe and hope for becomes something on a physical level and that's how you will live your life. So, um, do you see this painting over here that Nate did? This is like, when I come to church um, every Sunday, this is like, this this is just God and I. I don't even know if Nate knows that, but this is a very powerful picture to me. This is is my life, and this is where I always want to come back to. This would be my testimony in, in a really big way. But you can see the galaxy behind the lion, right? So we have the lion that is a symbol of this creator God. You know, I'm sure many of you have heard about the Chronicles of Narnia and how the little girl hears that, like, the lion who is... Known as a character of God, um, is he safe to be around? And the classic quote we all love to talk about, right, is, "Oh, like, he's not safe, but he's good." Right? He's not safe, but he's good, and we don't like that as human beings. We like we like to think that we're coming to to, to God, the Creator, God, to be safe. And that is very true. He made us out of love and he made everything that's good and he wants us to be part. I mean, he, he had a community. Him, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, like there was a community there, but he still wanted us to be part of it, right? But, but that doesn't have to do with safety. We, we've, we've forgotten why we're living here. And, and there's many excuses we can put up because we want to feel safe. But then when chaos exudes and we're not sure what to do and the galaxy behind that, do you know what that makes me think of? There's definitely certain ways to reflect, okay? And unfortunately, I did something. I looked up on Google, what is your purpose? And and it was just really sad. Because we have this ability to reflect, we have this, this invisible part of us, and everybody, the world especially, is starting to figure out there's that invisible part of us, and we need to figure it out. They are. You know it. They're, they're, we're we're on to it, right? That there's more to life. And so they go out searching. And the biggest part that I found, on, unfortunately, in on all these things, is that you, you find your truth you find your purpose. Whatever you want your purpose to be, let it be. And because we're made to think and choose and then can create, that makes sense, doesn't it? But there's a vital difference of this all, and it goes back to the galaxy. Uh, I think of um, Job. I love Job. Um, Poor guy. And when he gets, what the, he gets all this pain and suffering on him, and it's because God has allowed it to happen, right? So he finally gets to talk to God. And you feel like if anyone can say, uh, God, like, I'm hurting here. Can you give me a break? It's Job. But when Job comes to God, what does God say? Uh, I'm sorry, were you there? Were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? I, I'm sorry, did you, do you tell the waters how far to go and when to stop? Like that's what God says to him. Why is that? Because this creation story is, is powerful. And we've forgotten that we don't choose our meaning, that we don't choose our, our purpose. God gives it to us. And we can get, I'm not talking, do you understand I'm saying we? This is why I'm passionate. It has nothing to do with because I'm, I'm, conviction, I'm trying to put conviction on you. It's because I feel the conviction. This is what God just keeps saying to me over and over. Why are you letting culture play into this? You're thinking and choosing every day. You have this ability to, to be all about the kingdom of God and then, and then life goes by. It's the same thing as when you hear in the Ecclesiastes, Right? When the guy goes, we get up, we eat, we sleep, then we go to bed, and then we get up, and we eat, and we work, and we sleep, and we go to bed. And he's like, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. And at the end, he says, what is it? To fear God and obey his commandments. That is actually what life is all about. But why are we living in, in just eating and sleeping and, you know, working on our houses and, and what's the next move in my career, and all those things are part of life. Don't hear what I'm not saying, but is that taking priority? And by the end of it, we're tired, and we're not sure what to do, and because we need the finances, and we push through the job, that it just takes all of our time, and then all these things get mumbled and jumbled, and we just live so much in the visible, we forget the invisible is actually, is actually making all these things happen. <clears throat> do I need to settle down, probably? Okay, we're going to have communion. All these things to think about. We always go, go, go off of an I will statement. What are you going to do to do today? What's the I will from this that, that, that there's a, a creator God? Um, I didn't do it at the beginning, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you with it. But if you want to look at these pictures, I don't know if you've ever heard of fractals. Fractals are... Um, I'm going to screw it up, aren't I? Where's my... It's another thing where I feel like Joel should just come up here and preach with me. Um, this This is how all creation was made. There's these basic small patterns, and in these small patterns, they're just actually that same pattern, but in bigger scales along the way. So like this is a leaf, this is a snowflake. Isn't this cool? This is just everywhere in creation. They're, fractals are what make up nature. That's a cauliflower. Just a cauliflower, right? Who knew? <clears throat> but I'm just going to read this one out to you. The need to be around nature is hardwired in us, says Dr. Chatterley. When you look at a fractal, your cortisol level drops. Do you understand that? This is just making my point of the visible. There's so much invisible back there. He says it doesn't matter if you're out in nature or if you look at a real nature picture, your cortisol levels will drop. That's cool. Isn't that cool that God has made it that way? And because we're made in his image when we go out there, we're made in that same exact way that he's, he's saying, be in creation. It's not only gonna drop your anxiety, but it's gonna point to me being the supreme being that you need in your life. And how can you, how can you move your life into more meaning? It's, it's about God. You know, I, I love it when the verse says, well, if you don't praise me, then what? Even the rocks will cry out. The rocks will. Not saying that the rocks will be like, praise Jesus. But the point is that the impossible will happen. Whether you realize, if you want to choose or not, the point is this. The invisible does make the visible. And whether we believe it or not now, you know it. When Jesus comes back, you're going to have more proof than there's not. But he's asked that there's proof now in us as we're helping each other, as we're trying to live for Jesus, or as we're trying to say, I don't want culture to dictate who I am and my purpose. Even though there's things that we have to do to survive, how could we start thinking differently about our lives and and helping each other move the kingdom of God into something more? So I'm going to ask the people that are helping with communion to come up. Here's Here's the thing, this is where it really ends. We're talking about the story of, of um, our stories, right? Identity is what we're going on. And we're talking about the foundations right now. It starts here. So I I only I haven't given you an answer. I hope you know I've I hope I've only left you with more questions and for you to search out more and to figure out what this could actually mean for your life. Because it just the Deeper you go into it, the cooler it is. But here's the thing: is when we go into identity, we go with, this, with, with the thought of, um, "So, what's my story about? How I need God to come into my story." But I want to ask you to rearrange that to be something different. Actually, do you know what this story is about? It's not. It, it's not. The story of us, it's, it's the story of God. Do you understand? It's not that that he's a part of our story, it's that we're a part of his. That's why it changes everything. You mean so much to him, but you came into being because of him. And what I love about communion is that you know, we, we think about the communion in the New Testament a lot, right? Because everything was, he gave us food, he gave us, provided everything for us. We had community with the Trinity, we had community with each other, we, had, we were looking after nature, and now we ha- like, nature's falling to pieces, and, and relationship, relationships are hurtful and painful, and we're not giving Jesus the place in our life to move us out of our comfort zone, he, creation wasn't for comfort's sake. It was that we could have something bigger and that, that's gonna be sacrifice. And Jesus did exactly that. We, we, we chose poorly. <laughs> you know, we can blame it on Eve, but we, we would do it again because we, we chose poorly. We don't, we don't know what we're doing sometimes. We, we don't know who this God is because we can't encompass him. But he's saying, I'm here. And, and he sent Jesus to fix it, to say what you have chosen, who you are today, is because as you've grown up, you've decided to believe certain things about yourself from what people have said about you, from what other, other people say, what really happened in creation or what science says over here. There's just too much information out there. And if you don't take the time and to reflect, to step back and to say, is this good just like God did? You're not going to know what you're living for until a crisis happens to happen or something else. But Jesus came and said, you know what, all grace over you. I don't care who you are today. I don't care if you feel like you're overwhelmed with all this toxic thoughts in your body or your lifestyle seems like it's way off and, and and there's just no way because you, you have um, these weaknesses that you can't overcome. I am telling you, Jesus came on the cross. He gave us the blood and his body, and it's this beautiful, invisible God who came visibly and said, I'm taking care of you. This is it. So this is what communion is about today. You get to come up and and take the drink and the bread, and if you want to take each and then come back to your seat and just wait, and then Andrew's going to come up and lead us in it. But this is what it's asking you. We're asking you to be part of God's story. God is asking you to be part of his story. How, how might we switch it today to, to take these back, and as we're waiting for Andrew to talk to us and, and go it through with us, would you be willing... To keep your defenses low and say, all right, Lord, if I literally surrendered everything to you, what would you tell me? Even but one thing, what would you tell me that I need to maybe smarten up about or maybe that I need to push through? Because you know what? Some of us like to almost focus on the invisible too much and we need to start getting out there and helping other people. What, what is it? I don't, I don't know, but this is the perfect opportunity. This represents Jesus, Jesus' body with his blood. That means it represents his very being with you. And it says the Holy Spirit is a living being. And when you accept Jesus into your life, you have that energy in you. Do you understand that Holy Spirit who wants to create and move and work in you? And you can communicate with him. But it starts by saying, Oh, okay, what if I let my thoughts be directed and guided only by the Holy Spirit, what then? So we're going to pray, and then um, I don't know if anyone's going to play anything, but when you, um, when you feel like you want to, just come up. Uh, if you'd like to partake, we'd love to, to do this together. You can take a drink and bread, and there's always gluten-free option as well if you need it. And um, just go back to your seats and think about the invisible for a little bit and how cool the visible is and try to allow the Holy Spirit to make that connection for you. Father God, you are good. You are good. There is no way, Lord, that we can say with words or anything else um, how that you, although you feel that you think uh, invisible or that You are a God of the invisible. Father, you are the Emmanuel. You're so connected from creation all the way through the New Testament, Father. You say our identity is that we're connected to you. Father, connect the invisible to the visible. We are the visible parts of you. And would you connect with us today, asking us, Father, to be part of your story and setting aside our plans and setting aside the culture, what culture tells us and how we should live And Father, would you speak directly to us today? And Father, may we look out for each other? Father, as we take this together, I pray, Father, there would be a unity. Father, a unity that um, can become a momentum in this church, Father. That we wouldn't just be connected on on Sundays, but Father, that we would want to move forward, that we would bring ideas, that we would dream. Father, that we would sacrifice for each other, that we would... Call on your spirit and Father, may a revival happen. Not because of the amount of people that will come because of the revival, but Father, that just even one of us today would ask that you would do a revival in our hearts and our hearts alone first and foremost. And Father, would you move? We want you to move. We don't want to be in control of our life. Father, we're so grateful you're in control. You're the one that laid the foundations of the earth. Father, you're the one that told the water how far to go and when to stop. And I pray, God, that we would live with that truth in our lives, that we wouldn't be selfish, but, Father, that we would love you and that you would create this this crazy energetic love that can only come from you, that we would just worship you in all things and that we would ask other people to join us in this. Father, we, we want to be part of your story. Hear us. Don't forget about us, Lord. Don't let us go another Sunday. with just walking out of these doors and thinking, yep, the invisible. Yeah, we sure do believe. But I pray, Father, you would connect the dots for us. You're the only one that can do that. May you give us fervor and hunger. And I pray, God, now that as we take communion, as Andrew leads us in it, Father, let this be a moment with your body, Father you and us, and may you be honored in everything we think and everything we say in your precious and holy name, amen.